Hey guys, and welcome to Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. That's Sammy. Hi! So good at responding to my cues. <laughs> That's Sammy, very subtle. I uh, wasn't on the last one. I know, it sucked. No, the podcast itself was great. The interview was great, of course. Edgar Ramirez, delightful. Ugh. But the intro was me flailing about yeah. well, for four and a half minutes. Well, because I was eating lunch, and you wouldn't wait for me to finish. I'm, I got, you know what's happening right now? <laughs> what? Here's what's happening. <laughs> Um, the Toronto Film Festival is in a mm-hmm. what? Don't roll your eyes. Mm-hmm. Is in about a week and a half. I leave. I'm very excited, and um, they're screening a lot of movies before the festival. So I'm just like running around. I saw two yesterday. I saw one today. I'm seeing as many as possible. So Ugh, I your th- life is so hard. You have to see so many movies. <laughs> That's not cool. I know. I know. I'm an asshole. But but I always say, look, yes, the job mm-hmm. is fun and I get to do fun things, but I but I hate myself yeah. more than anybody does. Don't worry. No, I, I have know. the self-loathing. You and don't have to hard, hate me. Yeah, and it's hard because like you're like me where it's like, mm, I don't actually want to do anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. My couch is really cozy. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so that's why we didn't have you on the intro last time. So mm-hmm. I apologize. This is this is already much better than the last one. Thank God. That's <laughs> all I like to hear. Gold. Yeah. Um, and this week is another kind of like a smaller episode, um, partially because of timing or whatever. But I did want to fit uh, him in because he's somebody that we've talked about having on for a while. And he's delightful. And he's funny. And he's talented. And his name is Tony Hale. Tony Hale. Tony Hale. Of course, um, is uh, Emmy nominated once mm-hmm. again for his role in Veep. Um, the Emmys are in a couple weeks, so he was kind of like making the rounds, putting out the good word on Veep. Um, and uh, he's he's so great. I mean, I of course we all I think fell in love with him on Arrested Development. Uh, Amazing, Buster. Buster. And um, he's truly he really is one of the nicest guys that I've encountered um, in this sordid business, and uh, has done some uh, kind of sketchy stuff with us in the past. And sketchy. Meaning like sketches, not no, sketchy, like, like weird. stuff in a back like alley. Creepy, really weird, weird stuff. Yeah. We murdered a yeah. homeless guy together. He's once. done sketchy stuff with us, so we're very close. This is why I need you here to clarify my weird statements. Um, and I will venture to say that this conversation is is kind of profound and 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 um, thinky. Well, you scared not the shit me, out of me because more from him. Well, I said to you, I was like, how is, because I'm such a huge fan, so I was like, how is Tony Hale? And you were like, oh, he was such an asshole. And I was like, what? And you're like, oh, just kidding, he's the best. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you did get me. You did. I was upset. No, he is, um, he's, has a really interesting perspective on, um, on the business and life and, 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 and kind of just um, enjoying yourself. Like, he talks very frankly about um, how, and you'll hear this in the conversation, but like when he was making Arrested Development, this was like his dream job. And, you know, he had been like toiling away and, you know, like striving to get on like a really smart, funny show for a decade. And then he gets it. He's on the shining example of. Yeah. He yeah. gets like the, on this like show that we all love and adore. And while the experience was good, he says, and he talks about this, it wasn't like satisfying in a weird way. He, did, he didn't feel like he'd made it. He, he was already thinking about the next thing and, and judging himself. And I think it's something we all are victim to, not enjoying um, what we've got in front of us. And uh, he's uh, very thoughtful about that. And like, it takes a lot for me to have a thoughtful conversation. Thankfully, Tony, Tony brought uh, his A-game. Did he talk about... This is a, I have a, I'm about mm. to give you a very rare Tony Hale fact. I don't even know if Tony Hale knows this. Okay. 
He was on, I was watching this a couple weeks ago, Tony Hale is on an episode of Dawson's Creek as a doctor in the episode where Joey and Pacey lose their virginity to one another. Whoa. A a huge moment in all of our lives. Did he have have hair? What was his hair situation? He actually looked pretty much the same, and I believe he played uh, the doctor to Dawson's dying grandmother or something. Right. Um, and, And I remember seeing it. Being like, ah! So, uh, wow, that's quite a reaction. <laughs> it was um, crazy. You know, I did know that because in my copious research, I noticed the guest star appearance. We did not talk about that. So oh, this gives us an excuse. It. I know. You this is, again, it. why I need to talk to you before I conduct the yeah. interview. Next time, Tony, uh, when you're on, we're going to spend 30 minutes on that Dawson's Creek On that guest two spot. lines in Dawson's Creek in the... It's kind of a fun yeah. idea for a spinoff uh, sequel podcast to Happy Sad Confused, just dissecting your most inconsequential role in yeah. just absurd detail. But then where that led you. Wow. Okay. We'll, we'll offline about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk we'll later. Um, what else to say? Hope you guys have a good uh, Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. plan, Sammy? Uh, no. Okay. Me neither. I, uh, I actually caught up on all my TV, too, so I actually don't know what I'm going to do Night of? Did you watch the night yeah, of? All yeah, all done. I, yeah, I finished the um, Yeah. Wow. Any recommendations out there? <laughs> Let me know. I need uh, something to do for about 72 hours. I still haven't seen the second season of Kimmy Schmidt. Did you do that one? Yeah. It's okay. good. It's okay? Okay. I like I need, it. I need to get into that one again. Um, okay. So when next you hear me, we have uh, one more podcast um, before a little shift in Happy Sad Confused. I've mentioned this before, but we're, we're, um, we're kind of aligning with like a, a new entity. Uh, I don't I want to go into detail yet because it hasn't officially been announced. But anyway, suffice it to say, there's going to be some cool new developments for Happy Sad Confused very soon. And uh, next week's show will be kind of like the last of the first edition of Happy Before Sad Confused. Before we start broadcasting from space. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Basically, they're sending me <laughs> to outer space yeah. by popular demand. Um, but, uh, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, for now, I hope you guys enjoy. I know you will. Uh, the delightful, um, the absurdly sane and thoughtful uh, Tony Hale. What an angel. He really is. I love him. He's just a good man. I wish he was here right now. He, he'll come back, I'm sure. No, I think. No. I hope. Come back, Tony. <laughs> Look who just arrived in my office. It's Tony Hale. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, Tony. Oh, you're talking to the audience? They don't talk back. I mean... Really? <laughs> Wait, can you hear them, Tony? Wait, what am I talking into? <laughs> Tony, what I'm is worried this fuzzy about black you. ball? Oh, no. Um, it's good to see you. Nice to see you. It's always pleasurable to see you. You're off to um, do a big time. To- I mean, my little show is, is fine, but you're off to do a big late night show. It doesn't get any bigger than Colbert. Well, first of all, I'm not going to let you talk about yourself that way. <laughs> Don't even try to address the mic. It's, okay, it's not, not going to work. Gonna try. I'm just going to hunch down like a buzzard. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Do you get gonna, nervous about that kind of thing, about the late night shows at this point? Uh, I think you always, it's kind of like theater, you always kind of get a little nervous, but I, when I first, I remember my first one was Conan years ago, and I was just so nervous. But yeah, the more you do it, the more you just kind of realize you just have to kind of talk, yeah. I mean, just kind of be yourself, which is actually hard to do sometimes. But I, you're also one of these guys that, and, and certainly... I, we have used you in such a capacity where we know that we can utilize your powers for good. Not just as a talk show guest. You've got superpowers. I do love when there's, I do love when there's bits planned. The quote-unquote bit. Yeah, I like that because then you can just kind of – then you're not like having to 
seem relaxed on the couch talking about, you know, whatever. Right. It's like you can do, you can kind of act and do bits. I, I enjoy when they have those plans. Are you doing anything? Because Tim Kaine is the guest tonight yeah. as we as we Maybe as we we'll see. Oh. We shall see. <laughs> well, yeah, the reason I, I bring that up, too, is, um, you know, obviously uh, you're nominated once again for mm-hmm. Veep. Congratulations. So, someone's making big mistakes. Well, somewhere. they're doing it year after year. I mean, <laughs> there's a pattern of mistakes. Right. No, not at all. Not at all. Well-deserved. Um, but uh, I would imagine, you know, one of the byproducts of working on a show like that is you get asked more than your share of, like, political questions, yeah. which is kind of odd. To me, who's not a... I'm not a big political junkie, so I don't really... Sorry, that's my chair. It's <laughs> his um, stomach. He's having gastrointestinal <laughs> issues. You know what? It's fine. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I'm not a big... I'm not a political junkie. It, it gets very overwhelming to me, so every time I get that question, I always feel bad because I... I don't have as, uh, my answers aren't as detailed as they need to be. However, our show focuses more on the chaos behind the scenes right. and kind of, it's really a, a sh- it's an off, it's like about office politics really and how we're all kind of, how in that environment you can kind of position yourself to get ahead and, yeah. you know, everybody wants to be the popular kid and all that stuff. So I kind of focus on that a little more. It's funny because I, I'm, exper- I'm experiencing that in, a, again, a much smaller degree. I just did a, a little digital series for Comedy Central hmm. that's an office comedy that hmm. takes place in the junket world. And oh, I, really? So I had the same kind of like hmm. – um, look, Armando had like an amazing pedigree going into that show. And like so they yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. trusted him. Uh, me, I'm a little bit more of an unknown quantity. But one of the big things we had when we were pitching that show around is like how is it going to be relatable to people? And, yeah, sure. And, and a big thing for us was saying, sure, there's celebrities in it. And we're going to have guest stars and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at its heart, it's really just like that weird, like, from my end, um, in covering junkets over the years, I noticed that there's like a strata of yeah. like national outlets and online outlets yeah, and local yeah, outlets, yeah. and they all hate each other. It's yeah. high school. Oh, any, totally. Any, any office it all is goes high school. back to high school. Right? <laughs> it all goes back to people try. I mean, even the, even look at D.C. It's like Obama's the popular kid. How close can you get to the popular right. kid? <laughs> and you feel empowered to be, you know, to the popular kid. So it's. I'm really interested to see that website. What is it called? Junket? It's called Junketeers. Yeah. Junket what? Junketeers. Oh, Junketeers. Yeah. Oh, nice. I hope you enjoy it, man. You're going to soon have your own convention for Junketeers. <laughs> well, here's what I'm scared about is I haven't done a junket since this show has launched. Really? Oh, did it already launch? Launched? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh. it's, out, it's out there. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I'm going to watch um, it. Yeah, yeah. And um, But like to go back in now, I'm like worried. <laughs> no, <laughs> my, either my brain's going to melt or the fellow Junketeers are going to tear me limb from limb. We'll see. No. I'll report back. Because it's truth. You're just putting out truth and what you've observed. I'm and a truth your teller, opinion. man. Yes. Um, but and we're like, all human and there's crazy human qualities behind all that stuff. Exactly. And you see behind the scenes, like Veep shows behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I always say, like, um, I'm, yes, I'm as guilty as anyone of asking the stupid questions, the gotcha questions, like, whatever. <laughs> um, but, I mean, again, the byproduct of something like Veep, like, you're also put in different contexts. Like, I'm, I'd imagine you've gone to things like maybe the Correspondence Dinner yeah, and I stuff did. like that. I did. Is, so, have you felt like it's been incumbent upon you these last few years to become more educated and more kind of savvy mm, about the political process, or I, have you just well, given up? <laughs> I, I think mm, it's not... Uh, I mean, I definitely... You can't ignore it, because it's, I mean, it's its own political comedy that's happening on the news right now, but um, with the election... Um, but again, I think even going to the Correspondence Center, I, I enjoy kind of human behavior in that environment. Like I like just kind of seeing the people for who they are rather than maybe the media storm around them sure. or all of the whatever the hottest political storyline is. 
you know, it's just like they're in the they're in a pressure cooker of anxiety with the decisions they have to make and yeah. the weight of their jobs. And I don't know, I'm more interested in that and just the the humanity behind it. So I don't it doesn't I don't ever feel that way because if, if I'm if I'm talking to a politician who clearly knows a lot more than I do, I just kind of like to ask them about their life. Sure, you know, it is um, I mean. It, it's funny for for you as an as an actor that's especially kind of like become recognizable, especially in the last ten twelve years, whatever, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Since especially since Arrested, um, I would think that's important to you. you. I've talked to a lot of actors about like the importance of observing mm. human nature and just sort of being out there. And mm. have you found that is that more difficult for you now? Slash creepy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You You're know, paid to be creepy. Oh, uh, let me think. Yeah, I mean it's. No, I mean, I'm not a, I mean, I'm clearly not a, I'm not a massive star, so I don't have to, I don't constantly have to hide myself. I mean, I think that just sounds awful. We should say, though, just for the people listening, that you have six pairs of sunglasses on right now and three hats, which is weird. You know, and here's the deal. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) And I have side mirrors to where I can see who's behind me. (laughs) Attached to my head. It's okay. Um, No, I, you know, I'm not that. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel weird. I, I don't feel weird still staring at people. <laughs> what I'm you. trying to say. I just love to stare at people. Um, and, you know, anytime you're somewhere and you're just wanting so desperately to hear the conversation of, of another table or yeah. just looking at them, you know, even before I had any kind of success, mm-hmm. I mean, it was creepy. You know, so I probably <laughs> I need to pull it back. Is there... Um because, I mean, again, you're kind of like your persona. You, I think the way you come across to people, you have the, 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 um, the baggage of being a very affable, likable mm. gentleman. Mm. Well, that's nice. <laughs> it comes from a lot of pain. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. We're in the podcast is young. <laughs> no, but I mean... Cut it, to 10 minutes from now and bawling my eyes out. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, I mean... I, again, like yes, yeah, sure. You're, you, maybe you're not recognized by every single person you encounter, but you're uh, you're mm-hmm. very recognizable, especially being on two successful, hugely successful television shows. Um, does I don't know? Do you feel a pressure in always kind of being on and being sort of what they imagine you to be in their head? Uh, I don't know about. It's a great question. I don't know much about. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I'm being honest, yeah, I think you, 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 ne- you never want to disappoint. But I, th- I remember somebody telling me once, and it's right. Whenever somebody comes up to me and talks, well, there's a couple things. When somebody talks about arrested, I actually really enjoy it because I don't remember much. I, I like they say, hey, do you remember when Buster you know did this? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> tell so me more. please tell me more. <laughs> exactly. um, and I'm like, that's pretty funny. Um, but I remember somebody telling me that the minute you think it's about you, you're in trouble. Right. And it's their relationship to it's the, their relationship. Yeah. So you always want to make it about them. Mm. And it's that's life. I mean, it's I mean, my good friends and my and, and my, like even you, we've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so when we're having a discussion, it's I know that, you know, you're thinking about. But it's like for someone who doesn't know me. Right. I I ask questions back to them just to find out about their life, because if I walk away going, oh, I'm amazing because they said this. That's when it gets sick. That's yeah. when you get sick because your identity becomes about uh, what other people put on you. And then when all that goes away, which it inevitably will, because this business is a cycle, 
you're not going to know who you are. Yeah. And that's when it gets dangerous. Well, and, and you and you touched upon this, and I, I've heard you talk about this. Uh, uh, there are other podcasts out there, yes, but I, I do want to hear you talk about this a little bit because you know the arrested years, and you, you've talked about sort of like as great as it was, mm-hmm. you weren't really enjoying yeah. the moment. It was very challenging. I mean, it was. I I learned a big lesson, which I'm sure I've shared with you before, is actually my time in New York. I was always thinking, and whenever something was going on, I was like, oh, well, you know what? This is happening, but my, that sitcom's coming. That big thing is coming in my life. And I always checked out from wherever I was and then went to there in my mind. And then when I got that big thing, which I think is very rare for, I mean, I got my dream. Yeah. When I got that, it didn't satisfy me the way I thought it was going to satisfy. And it scared the shit out of me. And it really woke me up to that I just I had not been present for most of my life. And it honestly it was a mixture of arrested development and my child being born that the one thing babies do is you have to be present because you have to keep them alive. Right. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to be present. I don't know how to do this. And so as hard as Arrested was, I mean, not, not as hard. It was an amazing show with incredibly talented people, but the, kind of the internal journey I was going, as, as challenging as that was, I will never, I would never not want that because yeah. it really woke me up to, I have to wake myself up to where I am. I have to be more present. And by the way, I suck at it. I'm not great at it. It's a daily discipline. But I'm... But if you're not practicing contentment where you are, you're not going to be content when you get what you want. It's and also, that was a lesson I had to learn. And it, it, it's sadly, especially uh, the nature of our industry on both Absolutely, sides of yeah. it, where it's like, yeah, I feel this. I feel a lot of exactly what you've described in terms of my own life, and also in terms of the conversations I have with people about like, it's always geared to, towards, yeah, this is great. What's next? Totally. What? <laughs> and also, you don't go. Up, I mentioned this to something before. You don't go up to a dentist and say, "What's next for you?" Yeah. Because there's just an understanding <laughs> that he's going to be doing cavities and molars, and that's just his life, and everybody knows that. But with actors and freelancers and journalists and directors and writers, you know, people are interested, which I get. So they're always asking you what's next, but then that trains you to always be thinking of what's next because, yeah. A, you want to have something to say when people ask, and, B, it's the nature of our business. You know, typically in life, people go, go on a job interview for two or three months and then they have a job for two or three years. In our business, you're in a job interview for two or three years, and you're lucky if you get a gig for two or three months. Right. You're constantly on this job interview, so you're always looking into what's next, which can kind of feed not being present. So it's a discipline to, like, i got to wake myself up to where I am. And, and so what is the, the discipline for you? I mean, does it come from, like, teaching therapy. somebody? Is it therapy? It comes from a lot of therapy. Yeah. It comes from a lot of... Um, that experience and arrested the anxiety I experienced during that. Um, but a lot of tools and one of them, one of them being whenever I find myself, what ifing or somewhere else, I say, not now, right now I'm having a conversation with Josh and that's exactly where I am. Um, it's it, like my friend says, you have to wake yourself up a hundred times a day. So I'll find myself just in life, just being somewhere else in my mind. And I say, that's not where I am. This is where I am right now. Right. So it's all these little kind of tools that you just, I just have to do every day. Yeah. So was that, was there, when you think back to the arrested days, is there a specific moment where that was a wake up call for you? Like in terms of, um, you know, it was, it was everything or? I wanted. It was an amazing script, amazing people, a, a cast that I respected and understood I mean, I just, there was a mutual understanding of each other's talent. 
So it was the perfect picture. Yeah. And the whole th- and also I w- I had never been on a studio lot. I had never been to a party where everything was free. <laughs> I had never you know it's all this kind of stuff and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is genuinely everything I ever wanted." And I still inside of me feel like a it's not enough, which is another thing this business caters to, is it's never enough. And this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And it was, "Oh, I've got to get back to simple truths in life that we're spinning on a planet." <laughs> And, and also what's interesting with success and fame is I think fame is grounded in the thing that everybody wants to be known. And people look at fame as the ultimate being known when in actuality, it can be the opposite. It can make you less known from people. And the thing is, if you're loved by, if you're loved by people and people in your close circle know you, that's all the known you need. Yeah. And it's waking up to that reality that it's not about how many Twitter followers I have, Instagram followers, how much fame I have. I'm already, I already have the foundation of being known. And it was just a lot of that mixed into that, that year of, of arrested. Of, and again, not having that kind of self-awareness at the time, sure. but just being like, uh, why am I feel, what's happening in my mind? Why am I not satisfied? All that kind of stuff going on. It, I mean, it clearly didn't seem to compromise like, the performance at all. It, was, it, well, it, it helped it, honestly, because Buster was incredibly <laughs> shell-shocked, <laughs> dysfunctional, you know, panic attack-stricken right. character that was a fish out of water, always. And so I felt very much, and again, here's the deal. This is this, even saying, even me talking about this, it feels so gross because (laughs) there's so many things happening in the world. And here I am like, whoa, and I'm not saying that, but at the time having those kind of wake ups to my own lack of being present and content in life or whatever, I'm playing a character that's a very fish out of water. And I felt very much a fish out of water entering Hollywood at that time. Well, I mean, you, you should, and, and you're well aware of this, like the lessons you're talking about are literally applicable to everybody. Like forget like uh, sure. Hollywood entertainment. Yeah. And We're my big thing, something. We're all, yeah. My big thing happened to be a sitcom. Someone else's big thing is getting married or having a baby or getting that perfect job or yeah. whatever. I mean, we all have, and here's the, here's another thing. It's not that ambition is wrong. It's not that dreaming is wrong, but I think for me, I put my personal value on getting it. I was like, oh, when I get that big thing, there's gonna, it's going to fill some kind of void. It's going to give me value. Your value stays the same before and after success. It does not change. Your personal value stays the exact same. Right. And that's something I had to wake up to. So po- This po- is turning into like an Oprah podcast. I know. Wow. This is the first tears on Happy Sad Confused that they're my own. <laughs> I love it. We so, can talk about this stuff all day. Well, great. Excellent. Um, I'm, this is much better than therapy. <laughs> cheaper, too. Um, so post-arrested, I mean, again, speak, these are all the, kind of the same issues we're, we're going to dance around, sure, I think. I but it. like, were you... Again, like you're coming off this beloved, if underwatched at the time, mm-hmm. show. Were you a pessimist and like, oh, that's it? I'm never gonna get. I, I just I got my dream job. It wasn't satisfying enough to me at the time. Yeah, and yeah. that doesn't happen ever again. So what's yeah. next? And I mean, again, to 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 define that a little more, it wasn't that the work wasn't satisfying. Right. It was more of my own kind of my own crap that I brought into the situation. So that was kind of that, you know, the development of that. Um, I know I didn't, I mean, after I think all actors think that every job is going to be the last job. It's like, Oh, am I going to work again? But I remember doing this short series called Andy Barker PI with, with Andy Richter, which was really fun. And I was, I loved Andy Richter and he had been on arrested on a few episodes and we had, so we had met during then, but you know, there was a good six years after arrested were until veep came where 
And I, I remember the same month that Arrested was canceled, I had bought a house and had my child in the same month. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Worst <laughs> oh timing ever. <laughs> What's happening? Um, and then it was like a year before the house market crashed. But um, <laughs> So I was a little bit like, ah, but six years, I mean, you know, you're, I was provided for. And I'm very thankful for that. You know, just I did a little, you know, time on Chuck, the show Chuck, right. and then other films and you know, you just kind of piecemeal work together and it worked out and then Veep came along. So it gave me a little more steady work. So on Veep, which is now what you're in your fifth. We're going into our sixth. Sixth season. Right. Um, so, well, I mean, a couple of issues that, that came up, especially this year, Armando left the show, yeah, which was a huge yeah. uh, question yeah. mark for everybody. And sure. the fact that you guys um, are still more than <laughs> getting by, you're yeah. succeeding uh, yeah. hugely. And, and to Dave, and that's big kudos to Dave Mandel and the new writers because they really picked up the tone that was set, and that's yeah. not easy to do. Were you? What was your one to ten level of? Concern after Armando announced he was oh. leaving. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to an anxious person. So, uh, I'd say it was around, it was around uh, seven. Okay, you know, seven eight because I I trusted the energy we had set and the tone that we had set, like a strong seven. I tested the <laughs> I tested the energy that we set, but when somebody comes in and captains that boat, a new captain. You know, you don't know how they're going to steer that energy different, that tone different. Um, and when Julia said, Dave Mandel's coming on board, I worked with him on Seinfeld, he knows what he's talking about, here's his writers, here's their history, it gave a lot of assurance of, okay, I think this is going to be okay. So talking about Julia for a second, because she's somebody that, like, certainly audiences have adored in well, yeah, multiple... As they should. As yeah. they should, right? Well, and I'm just curious, like, from your perspective, like, how you would describe what makes her a genius at what she does. What I mean, you've worked with hmm. uh, many greats, but, like, yeah. what, what what puts her in that top one percentile that, that virtually every actor I feel like that's worked with her puts her in? I would say it's a... I would say it's a mixed bag of a lot of stuff. I would say she... Like, I can only speak from Veep experience because that's all I've known but she looks at us when she looks at a script she sees the whole picture and she's she works with the writers she says she just has that eye to go this isn't working this is working this something is this needs to be rearranged and she knows how she knows the rhythm of comedy and she knows where what's going to be strongest for the scene Mm. and I would say that's mixed with obviously her let's combine with that her organic talent but she's she's an incredibly grounded woman um, and there's something about when a woman like her is grounded and she's a normal person, her, her family is her first priority, um, she, she knows where on the list the show goes in terms of kind of life. And that comes through, I think, with a performance. Right. Because somebody who's maybe a little checked out, a little more Hollywood, a little more, there's a detachment sometimes in their performance that it doesn't feel grounded. Mm. And Julia really has that groundedness about her. And I think it comes through. Do you, do you think there's, I mean, one would argue that your most successful work, the, the work that people have, have enjoyed the most, maybe you've enjoyed the most has been in television versus, mm-hmm. versus yeah, film. Definitely. Do you think, is there any, have you rationalized in your overactive brain why that is in terms <laughs> of why the parts haven't been there in the same way yeah. in film versus TV? Um, I mean, I, I think selfishly, I like, I'm a huge fan of, uh, developing relationships. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a relational person. I like to, 
I like the I like the feeling of family and working with people over and over. So television affords you that. Like you, right. you're unless it's you know canceled after the first season, but um, you have you know who you're coming back to. You 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 create these relationships, and I love that. I love that unit. So maybe I gravitate towards that. Yeah. Um, and I think with film, I mean, I've been you know I've been thankful to do parts that. You know, like Stranger Than Fiction sure. or The Informant or something like that. Happy Thank You More, Please, which were a little more, are definitely not the dysfunction that Gary and Buster carry. Right. Um, and so that's nice to do that stuff to showcase other stuff. But in terms of me, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, maybe what I gravitate towards is that kind of, I like the, I, the word stable is not, stability is not right for this business because there is no stability. But I think it's just that, it just having that understanding of what you're coming back to. I like that. Maybe. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. does. And I'm curious, like, also, do you, um, do you find, well, I mean, I I guess just give me a sense. You're you're, you're a dad, so that's a full-time job in and of itself. Sure. But are you... We we came back to L.A. this past year. We were shooting Baltimore for the first four seasons. And they brought us back to L.A. And I loved, I really enjoyed Baltimore, but it was incredibly hard being away from family. So... To be able to work and then go home and be with family was that was a massive deal. So, do you feel like, um, in terms of, of your own consumption of pop culture, do you is it mostly TV? Is it film? Is it a little bit of everything? Do you mm, a little bit of reality? <laughs> <laughs> Strike me as a big Kardashian guy. What's, what, oh, what, what reality do you watch? Okay, Kardashian. No, I'm not a Kardashian person because I get a little. That uh, makes me sometimes angry, but no, I understand. Um, I don't like to say I don't like to think I'm better than <laughs> them, but I'm better than them. <laughs> we're better than them, Tony. Come I mean, on, granted, we're all a work in progress, but it's, for some reason, it's hard for me. However, it's not to say that I haven't. I mean, like I, my daughter and I love watching Project Runaway together. Sure, it's like a, we've seen every season. It's like a bonding thing since <laughs> she was five. <laughs> this is how you learn about fashion and competition, <laughs> young lady. <laughs> we love Top Chef. We watch all the cooking Top shows. Great. Yeah, and the way you know. It, it's it's online with the Kardashians, but we've thrown a, uh, that Real Housewives of New York sure. is quite, quite entertaining. <laughs> Maybe it's because we lived here. Um, but and I mean, I I love this new show called Shit's Creek. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but oh, Eugene Levy and yeah. Oh my God, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hare, which is who is another level She's to me. Yeah, She's yeah, yeah. another level. Dan Levy, Eugene Levy's son. Right. It's, I re- it's really fun. I just got into Difficult People on Hulu. I need to watch that too. It's really fun. You know, so I, I there's something about, um, I mean, obviously the mainstream shows I like, but I like the ones that are maybe kind of on the sidelines a little bit. Sure. And it's, I don't know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a freedom that they give in their writing of just, because maybe they don't have to meet such a mass market. Yeah. That I enjoy that kind of like... The, 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 the reins are taken off a little bit. Do, do you feel like n- any needs that aren't being checked by the stuff you get to do on Veep? Or does it kind of like creatively check all the boxes for you? Do you feel like I need to deliver my yeah. Shakespearean sonnet no. to a, to a, no, a skull I don't, or I don't, anything? I don't or? feel that. I mean, I, every now and then, you know, with Gary, with Gary and Buster like living in so much tension, it is nice to... Like I just did this movie... Uh, two weeks ago um, called And Then I Go and I'm playing a vice principal and it was just kind of nice to just have like a conversation on screen rather than (laughs) wrapped with massive tension and anxiety. Right. Um, But like another show I adore is Portlandia. I think Portlandia is is such a social commentary. You know, it's like I love that stuff. So I don't know. There's a lot of, I mean, as you know, there's so many 
venues out there. I, I how, how anybody, I loved Andy Samberg's opening monologue of the Emmys. I think it was last year. Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was the thing of him trying to watch all of the right. TV. Yes, yes. And, and he ends up like in a, like a bunker, right, yes, or something. Yes. Yep. And the anxiety that we feel of somebody saying, have you seen this? And it's like, yes. no, I haven't seen it. It's like, well, of course, no one can see everything. No, it's I mean, true. It's, it's impossible. like, I'm paid to do this, and I'm always like five shows behind everybody else. It's like, what more do you like want? hundreds of them. I mean, it's impossible. Yeah. So it's not impossible, but you, you have to check out a life. Exactly. You know? What, so uh, what were your and what were comedically or, or pop culture wise your biggest influences growing up? Oh, what do you say? I love this question. I will talk about this all the time. Um, <laughs> Bob Newhart and Tim Conway. Mm-hmm. And my favorite show growing up was The Carol Burnett Show. And it's there were my, and to be even more specific, my favorite things were when when he would make when Tim Conway would make Harvey Corman laugh. And they would um, they would obviously show that because it was kind of like live sketch. And it gave me so much joy. And there's something about Tim Conway and Bob Newhart where there was so much chaos and crazy around them, but they never pushed the comedy. They never went broad. They always held the tension. And you just watching that person living in the middle of of that shitstorm and watching that tension was so entertaining to me. And Tim Conway would sometimes slowly walk across the stage as the old man, not doing anything. And it was the most entertaining thing for me to watch, but by far him making Harvey Corman crack up. And I, I feel like we miss that in today's television. I want to see more. I mean, as much as they did it often, which I, lo- I loved watching Horatio Sands sure. making Jimmy Fallon crack up. It was just there's so much joy. And I will go on YouTube and watch blooper reel after blooper reel after blooper reel because it's just, I don't know, there's something very free about yeah. it. and. I don't know. I miss that in today's well, world. Please, I think growing up, one of my favorite shows was TV's bloopers and practical jokes. Yes, yes. I mean, now we've got YouTube for that, but it's right. like that was the best. It was the absolute best. It's interesting too that like there isn't as much as much as there is out there, and there is a lot of everything. Yeah. It would seem um, like the variety show outside of like SNL, and I guess you know I don't know if it's Mad TV even on anymore. I don't think it is, mm-hmm. but like. Um, there's not Maya a lot. And, yeah, Maya tried. Maya, they, they, they've doing been doing it. it, right? And I've enjoyed that with, with Martin Short. Um, but even there, they don't, you know, at times I think they, I, mean, I think I saw a couple of times when they broke and it was fun. But I, it's like, as I'm like a, it's like I hone in on yeah. who's going to break, who's going to break, who's going to break, who's going to break. <laughs> and maybe it's because I break the most on Veep. So I'm just like, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? <laughs> because to watch that keep trying to keep it together yes. is so fun. I feel like they live in fear of Warren Michaels, who doesn't probably appreciate exactly. it as I much mean, as you yeah. and I appreciate I the breaking. I just want it more and more and more. <laughs> um, so we always uh, end our, our conversations with uh, some random questions from Ooh, Indiana Jones Fedora. Oh, I love that. that. Him, man, Indiana Jones, man, that's the one best. of the best. It is one of the best. The best. Him running away from that big concrete maybe, ball. Maybe, Do I just grab anything? Maybe in the next Indiana Jones movie, you could be <laughs> you know what, the Josh? new Sala, the new, like... <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. I could. Oh, sorry. You could be the new Indiana Jones. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> no, I didn't. Mean- <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. That would never happen. Um, he, unless you need to sidekick. That's if what you, I'm saying. Salah. Oh, want, that's right. Yeah, Salah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I'm not going to answer that. Okay. that. That shows my ignorance okay. of Godfather movies. What? You've never seen the Godfather movies? I have. But you can't differentiate. I can't. I can't. Um, uh, if I were a rapper, my name would be... <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw out T-Slice. <laughs> Which How I are your rapping skills? Do you rap often? I don't rap often. Okay. I like to dance to it. <laughs> I wish I could change this about my body. Oh, so you do want me to start crying. <laughs> 
start from the bottom and go all the way up, please. Wait, God. Um, I would love to get rid of the. Uh, I'm clearly carrying around a um, lifesaver around my gut. <laughs> like I think there's some kind of donut around my belly that doesn't want to go away. Right. So. Um, you're a stoked uh, man. You're crazy. Well, you haven't seen me without my shirt. And you, don't like you, haven't, you haven't seen the you haven't seen the lovely pear shape, <laughs> the dad bod. Oh, I can't stop. I'm kidding. In 20 years, I will be hopefully more present than I am. There you go. Let's not think about the future. I would say that. I would, I would say. I was talking to a friend of mine because we were talking about getting older, and I was like, it's so interesting. You know, when you see older folks, and you're just like, wow, we're you know we're all we're all getting there, and it's going to happen, and. And you think, like, what are you going to be, like, what am I going to be thinking about knowing that it's just a different reality? And I think you, you, you focus on the now then as much as you focus on the now now. Right. I mean, I, usually I would end this uh, podcast by asking what's coming up, but I'm not going to. I've learned my lesson from you, except to say that you'll be at the Emmys, which is going to be awesome. I will. Are you going to be there? I might. I'm not sure oh, yet. Oh, come on, Josh. I'm going to Toronto Film Festival. I'm really excited for that. Oh, when is that? That's uh, right before the Emmys, the week before. Oh, okay. Oh, so, yeah, that's not really, sure. That's actually a lot of fun parties, too. Yeah, the parties, but also just seeing a lot of good movies, man. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> I love that I focus on the parties. I know. I'm like, that, that was very unlikely. You're like, you are going to rage. No, are you getting free food and free drinks? That's the best. <laughs> Um, well, good luck at the Emmys, or just have a great time. That's the important thing. Thank you. Uh, well-deserved Veep going strong into its sixth season. Uh, it's always good to see you, my friend. Always good to see you, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for the, uh, the therapy today. I love it. Please, I need it. I talk about it because I need it. <laughs>